Hey Chica, welcome to the Lavelda Show, Women of Power podcast, the show where women share their personal power tools, the techniques, strategies, and ways of being which have enabled their business and life success. I'm your host, Lavelda Vincenzi, a female speaker mentor, speaker event host, on a mission to unleash authentic, powerful female voices onto the world. In today's episode, we'll be uncovering the power tools of Dame Marsha Martin. Many of her tools lay in her unique perspective in the way that she perceives challenges. Now, if you've never heard of Marsha before, she is an original pioneer of the human potential movement, having been vice president and a founding member of EST, now known as Landmark Forum. She has been teaching transformational principles and technology for decades and has trained over 350,000 individuals and corporate executives around the world. She co-created the Transformational Leadership Council with Jack Canfield and served as Managing Director and Program Director for its first five years. Marsha runs an executive training firm specializing in transformational leadership training and communication arts. And she's also a world-renowned and sought-after speaker, having led seminars and programs in over five continents. So all needs to be said is that clearly this is going to be a mega episode. But before we get started, please make sure, let me remind you that all links will be in the show notes. And please subscribe, You click that subscribe button to make sure that you get updates as soon as a new episode is done. Well, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Hi there. Welcome to the very first episode of the Lavelda Show Women in Power podcast. Today, I'm being joined by the incredible Marsha Martin. I'm like beyond buzzed to have this conversation. Um, if it comes to women in power, like you've heard the intro, this woman, this woman understands a thing or two, and I couldn't start the show. I couldn't think of anybody better to start this show with. So Marta, well, Marta, Marsha, welcome so much to the show. Thank you so much, Lavelle. I've been looking forward to it. And congratulations on your new show. I'm honored to be your first guest. Yay! So let's get this show on the road. This is the women... Um, women of power podcast but bef- but i understand that you know this idea of power is one of these things that people have got various different explanations and understandings of what it is that makes a powerful woman so from your perspective when you're thinking of a powerful woman what is it that you think makes a woman powerful well i have a specific kind of unique perspective on this And what I think makes a woman powerful is her ability to attract. And I think that most women confuse being attractive and being attracting. So a lot of women think that what they need to do to show up, be powerful, make a result is to look pretty. It's about what I'm wearing. It's about how my makeup is. It's about how much weight I weigh. It's all about those things, which is about being attractive. But I think women go down the wrong course on that. I think that a woman's real power is in the fact that her nature is she is the one who calls. She attracts. Women call. They don't respond. They call. So it's kind of like maybe you could use it like a spider and a fly, that there are many things out there, opportunities, relationships, connections, wealth, health, 
And if I'm the spider, I'm going to attract or send out a scent or a web or some kind of calling. And that's a nature that women have. It's not a nature that men have. Men respond, women call. But most women get caught up and they think that what that is, is being pretty or attractive. No, no, no. It's the nature of how to attract something to you. Now to attract something to you, you have to stand in the fact that you are at cause. You can't be a victim and be attracting. Victims are at the effect. They're not at the cause. So you give up your womanhood or your power if you consider you're at the effect of your circumstances or that you're smaller than what's around you. And a lot of times women go into this little place where they either become a mommy or they become a little girl. And many times we haven't been taught to be women and stand in our nature, our powerful nature of we call, we create, we're the first one that initiates everything. We are the one that creates the whole universe around us. We're not being <clears throat> at the effect of something, we're causing circumstances. So that to me is a powerful woman, one who knows her nature, that she has the power to attract. There's so much in what you've just said, Marsha. I'm like sitting here and I'm going, oh my gosh, like there's so much to deconstruct from that so my personal story part of me is a bit terrified because my mom's gonna hear this and be like what so my personal story is i was raised by my mom to be this like powerful independent self-dependent like just like you don't need anybody you got you got your stuff together you know totally out there being independent and the reason why I say that is because it's been a blessing and an absolute curse at the same time. And I love my mom. I know where she was coming from with it. I don't regret that that's the energy she put into me, but at times it's been my absolute undoing. And the reason for that is linked to what you've just shared there in terms of the, the definition of power. And there's a fine line between being, being authoritative and commanding and putting your name out there but also being vulnerable and open and supported and the curse yeah. when we think you know for me my curse of thinking of power is like independent like i'm a strong <laughs> independent woman i got my shizzle together was the reverse of that right when it came to like being open and being supported and taking on and owning some of that it's a, it's actually really powerful to say hey i'm stuck can i have some help here is also very difficult. So I, you know, what you're saying there, I think there's a double-edged sword and there's some real nuances in where victim comes in and where you're really in a, in a place of being at effect. And sometimes that's softer power, not just the kind of harsh, go get I would it. tweak what your mother taught you a little bit. I would say, absolutely, we all need someone. We don't, ever, ever, don't ever let anybody tell you that you don't need anybody. All human beings need other human beings. Now, how you interact with those human beings is where power comes from. So if a woman acts as if she comes from her power, she has an inner power, she comes from her confidence, and it's not about the outward layer of how I look. It's about the inward layer of the energetic force that I command and wield. And so I can call to me all sorts of things. I can call to me relationships. 
I can call to me opportunities. I can call to me wealth. I can call to me health. But if I forego that nature, and that's the nature of a woman, to be the attractor, to wield the scent, to throw out the web, to call forth towards me something that I want. And in order to do that, you have to know what you want. And most women get stuck in being a mommy, taking care of someone, or being a little girl, and pretending that I don't have power at all and I need someone to take care of me. And they get kind of down the wrong road of even knowing what they want. And they start looking outside themselves to find the answer to that. They look to the man that's in their life or to the partner that's in their life or to the boss that's in their life or to the whatever, instead of going, here's what I choose for myself from my inner self. I've looked, I've chosen, I know, I'm certain, and now I'm going to cause it to be attracted to me. I don't have to force, I don't have to manipulate, I don't have to push. I have to seduce, I have to call, I have to inspire, I have to tantalize. There's all sorts of ways that women can call things to themselves. And it's not about how they look, it's about who they are energetically. So that leads me beautifully onto my next question because like you have lived, I'm gonna call it a gazillion lives. Like I look at it and I just think, what you did when you were at Est, for most people, they've done that and that's it. Like, it's like, I've made it, I can fly forever off the back of a success that I had years ago. But no, not Marsha. That was the beginning of like multiple iterations of recreating that for yourself. So what are the tools, like, what is it? <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do the impossible and see if you can condense it into like three core principles or ways of being or mm. people you've met or something. But what is it for you that you would say are the three things that have been absolutely instrumental and fundamental to you being able to recreate in business and in life such incredible things almost on a dime okay well i'm going to give you four because okay we got bonuses uh, yeah I, I mean i looked at what what is it how would i share this with people and what would i give in terms of wisdom in this arena and i i came up with four but i want you to know something first of all i've had kind of a unique um life i was as a young girl one of the original founding members and founders of EST, which became Landmark. And I was its first senior vice president. I was in charge of all the enrollment and communication. I had 5,000 people working for me. Over a 10 year period, we took this organization from 20 graduates in our first seminar to millions of graduates and thousands of centers worldwide. So that's kind of extraordinary. Absolutely. And before that, though many people don't know, is my internship as a young girl, as a teenager into my early 20s, was with um, a shaman who we called Aunt Gladys. She was really a distant cousin, and she was an esoteric astrologer and a metaphysician. She did healing, and she understood energy, and she taught me how to heal, and she taught me how to meditate, and she taught me how to access my internal power. So that would be number one, is the ability to look within. I don't find my answers outside myself. I go into a still place, and I have since I was 17, 
been trained to do this, <laughs> to go to the place where all power lives within me. I love this little story about this photographer. And he was looking for a photograph of this very, very rare white whale. And the only time it had ever been seen was off this little tiny island. And so he went to the island and he waited for it and waited for it and waited for it and it never showed up. And then one of the people on the island said, well, if you want to see the white whale, there's a little girl, she knows how to call him. So he found this little girl, she takes him down to the sea and she says, close your eyes. And he does. And pretty soon he hears a bunch of rustling in the water and he opens his eyes and there's the white whale. And after he took all the pictures, he said to her, how did you know how to call the whale? What did you do? And she said, oh, I just close my eyes and go to the place where we all speak the same language. And then I call the whale. So that place of internal power exists for all of us. And it connects us to what life is, what the universe is. And if you can come from that place into the world, instead of being in the world searching for that place, then you have real power. And so I would add to it, there's three distinct kinds of things that are so about me. And I think because of the fact that I look inward for my, and access my personal power and work from there first. And then what happens is I'm very known for being authentic. It's, it's part of why I'm so vulnerable is I do tell the other people what's actually going on with me. I don't pretend. And, and it's hard for me to pretend because I look so much inside. When I get in touch with that experience, it's what I have to share. It's true, it's authentic. And that speaks to people, authenticity. I also care. I really love people. I love the sea. I love the animals. I love the trees. I love human beings. I, I just really do care. And that speaks to people as well. And the other thing which I was taught when I was a young girl by Werner Erhard, who was one of my great mentors from the S days and by my aunt before that, is how to be in present time, how to be here now. And I was taught that I'm in charge of whether I'm here or not. And most people, how they operate is they consider that something outside themselves <laughs> will get them here. Like, okay, well, if you're interesting enough, then I'll be here. Or if I agree with you, then I'll be here. Or if it's important to me, then I'll be here. So something exterior causes most people to either be here or be gone, you know, in their head, in the past, in the future, but not present. I've been taught from a very young age that it's my job to control whether I'm in present time or not. And so I choose to be here. And presence has its own power. Being here and now has its own power. So those are the things that I would say are my tools for causing things to happen, connecting with people, um, allowing certain opportunities to show up for me and all of the rest. I love that. I've got a question though about being present, right? I'm just going to take it to realness because stuff happens. Um, and I work personally with a lot of business, uh, business owners, particularly those who are wanting to step up into stages and it's a very public arena. So when there's been a failure or something that hasn't gone right in the past, 
then it can be very difficult. Or here's a classic example. There's not enough money in the bank. Something is happening. Somebody's ill or there's some drama, you know, something is happening in your life that commands your attention to take it away from the here and now. How does one, do you have any techniques or um, advice that helps people to just get back to in each moment being present? Because I know the number of times I've said to my clients, literally nothing's wrong right now. The house isn't on fire. (laughs) Like, Like in this very present moment, you're you're an optimal temperature, you're not ill, Um, nobody's dying, you know, around you that you're in love with right now. In this absolute moment, there's not a bailiff stood in front of you. Nothing is physically wrong right now, apart from the conversation that you've got constantly going on in your head. So where do we start with being more present? Any tips? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, it's an art. I think that you're looking at it in a way that doesn't really work because presence isn't about whether something is happening or not happening. It's not about whether you have money in the bank or you don't. It's not about whether there's a bailiff in front of you. It's not about whether you're sick or you're well. Those are all things that just are so. See, my motto is to look at life in terms of what's so, what's next. So what's so and now what? Most people want to look at life and say, well, it should be this way. And they're not looking at what's so. They're looking at hoping it was this way, wishing it should be that way, um, telling people why they're to blame, why it's not the way that they want it to be, etc. All of that is resisting what's so. If you're willing to actually look at your life, what you will find is all of it's happening. It's kind of like surfing. So when you're surfing, there's big waves and little waves and there's places where you get caught. There's places that pull you under and there's riptides and there's smooth sailing and there's all of those things at once. And your job is to be here now, which is to stay afloat. It's to be in the moment. If you're not in the moment, you're going to take the wrong turn on the surfboard (laughs) and it's going to get you. So being present isn't that something isn't tugging at you. It doesn't mean that some things in your life is all good or nothing is bad. It means that you are present in the midst of all that's going on in your life and you are looking to see what is so now, not what you wish was so, not what you hope to be so later, not what you thought was supposed to be so, but you're actually courageous enough to just say, hey, What's up here? And then in that moment, if you're being here now, you can take the next moment and answer the question, now what? And make the best move. Because you can't make a move from where it should have been so. Mm -hmm. You can only make a move from what is so right now. So I just want to say it has nothing to do if, if things are working or things aren't working. That's always going to be in life. You're in life. It's a jumbled mess. You're on a surfboard and sometimes the waves are big, but stay awake because it's the best way to get to the land. (laughs) Come in, you know, all in one piece. I love how you say that. My husband, um, I'm the warrior in our relationship. And by warrior, I don't mean like, I mean like the person who's like constantly worrying about literally everything. Uh He, on the other hand, seems to live in a happy, hazy bubble where everything is always fine. And until it's in his face, he just doesn't care. It's like, is it broken now? I'm like, babe, don't you have a flight that you need to book? Eh, You know, I'll do it later. Um, 
But as much as it used to aggravate me, I also see there's a real strength and power in um, and peace almost in, and it's not that he doesn't know what needs to be done. It's just right. that right now it's a choice. Either I'm going to engage in this in a way that's going to be chaotic and hectic or it, it is. And there's literally nothing I can do right now. Like sending another email isn't going to change it. Fretting about it in the moment isn't going to change it. Like as of right now, I've done all I can. And I just, you know, what's going to serve me is to go and do something else where my mind is occupied, go for a massage or a walk or call my bestie or jump in the bath, you know, something. But I, you know, I, it's a, it's one of those things I feel like we could skim over, but I know from me, <laughs> right. That like chatter that goes on in the head. I'm like, please, is there a switch? Can I, can I switch it off? And learning well, how to all, navigate within all, it has been, a, yeah, has been interesting. First of all, you, you can switch it off, mm -hmm. but it takes discipline and practice like anybody doing anything that's of a great skill. But I want to kind of give you a different perspective because I can hear by what you're saying that how you're looking at life is there are good things and bad things. That's what you just said. You know, when something is wrong, he doesn't really see that it's wrong and he doesn't fret about it and he doesn't stress over it. And, you know, so what you're saying is how you view the world is this is right. This is wrong. This is bad. This is good. And I want you to know, I don't view the world like that. The world doesn't show up. It's right or wrong for me. And this takes some practice and some learning and some really dedication. The world shows up that it is. It's about isness. It's not about right and wrong. <laughs> and so it's very easy to surf in a world that you don't consider right or wrong. A big wave isn't wrong and a smooth wave isn't right. A big wave just is a big wave. And a small wave, smooth wave is just a smooth wave. So I always say this to people, you know, they get upset about so many things. Well, this is bad and this is wrong and this is terrible and this shouldn't be this way and they get upset. And so I say to them, I say, okay, now when you went outside today and you saw the tree next to the building as you were leaving, did you get pissed off at the tree for being a tree? I mean, think about it. Did you go up to the tree and say, you damn tree, this is pissing me off. I'm really upset about the fact that you're growing here and you have leaves. No. no. And you don't get upset if it's in the way of your walking straight ahead. What you do is you notice it is a tree in a particular place and you, you, you make your choices based on what's so. Mm -hmm. if you, need, you don't walk into the tree and bump your head. That would be a stupid choice. You go around the tree. Yeah. But if you thought it was a bad tree or a good tree, and then you would fight with it either way or get stressed out over it, that's what you do with situations and people. It, it, you don't have to do that. You can just consider, oh, I see this guy's an asshole. That's the way it is. Now I can deal with that. I can make a move. But if you make it wrong that he or she is an asshole, excuse my uh, language, I'm an American, so I can do these kinds of things. It's a scientific term. <laughs> oh, I've um, got other scientific terms oh, I often good, use, good. babe, so I wouldn't get yourself too concerned. <laughs> but if you make it wrong the way that they are, and you resist it, now you're putting together a force of nature, because there's a law in the universe that says what you resist will persist. 
if you allow it to be the way it is, and you can only allow it to be the way it is if you don't consider it's wrong or right, bad or good. It just is. You can let anything be the way it is if you consider it just is. And then you can make some choices of how to deal with this in a way that you don't have to get stressful, you don't have to get upset, you don't have to get panicky, you don't have to be the lawyer and handle everything. You can just surf as best as possible and hope you don't get thrown off the surfboard. And if you get thrown off the surfboard, then that's what's so. Now what's next? You see? I love what you say there. And the thing that I love is these aren't new principles to me. And you're absolutely right when you say it's training, right? Being in the moment and saying it just is. Like I can get angry about it. I could get frustrated, but that's not going to serve. And trust me, as you can tell, one is still a work in progress. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in that way. Still a work in progress. Sure. Yes. And I know that you have, um, so you've been teaching this stuff. I'm going to jump around a little bit. You've been sure. teaching this stuff for like I'm just going to say time immemorial. I mean, years of dedication and mastery of it for yourself, such that it, it's not a, the, the thought process is a lot quicker for you. Whereas you know, when you're new to this, honestly, it's sitting down and let me journal on it for a bit and really kind of getting deep. Um, and you've pulled together something recently. I'm going to let you explain it that you're making available to the world for people yeah. who are listening to this and thought, my goodness, this Marsha has spoken to my soul where do I go next? Tell us. Okay, good. Because, you know, my whole life has been about teaching others and transforming lives and awakening people and having them live their best lives. I always say my life's work is having your life work better. So I've been out in the road, on the road, in hotel rooms, leading seminars, uh, coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, executive coaching, executive training, retreats, all of it. And fortunately, for the, all of these many years, I've actually videoed everything. And I actually thought someday I was going to transcribe whatever it was, because I thought, you know, then I could speak it and it would be transcribed and that would be my great book. And my, that book hasn't happened yet, but it will happen this year. If you go into the human potential section of any library or any bookstore, you find a bunch of books that have me in the index or you'll find a bunch of books where they all talk about me, but you won't find my book, okay? Yet, yet. So, yet. And I always thought, I'll just transcribe this. Well, recently, over the past couple of years, I realized that how I speak is, is almost magical. It, it makes people think differently. How I describe things, what I, my perspective is, um, the way that I can describe very complex kinds of concepts in a very simple way that people can actually implement them. And usually I've done that in a seminar. Well, what we've done now is we've created the Marsha Martin Membership Club. Da, 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 da. Excited. And if you go to marshamartinclub.com and it's M-A-R-C-I-A-M-A-R-T-I-N club.com. You can register. You can find out all about it, see if you want to register, and then if you want to, you can register. And what it is, it's like an HBO on demand. It's a choice of all the best of Marsha Martin. So it's my podcasts, my interviews, it's my speaking engagements, it's my workshops, and they've all been edited into modules. They've all been described. So if you're looking for communication, if you're looking for how to have a better 
uh, relationship and what are relationship secrets and how to have better sex. If you're looking for leadership, if you're looking for public speaking training, if you're looking into how to design a seminar. I mean, my work is long and I've talked about many things and I've been in this work for so long. There is something there. And my promise is if you go there and you choose anything, just start. Just choose anything. You can choose a workshop. So all my three-day workshops are there and they're broken down into modules. You can watch them a half an hour at a time or you can binge, it doesn't matter. You can choose, you can watch from the beginning to the end or you can start in the middle. You can start on day three or on day one. It's your choice. But here's my promise. If you or a friend or anybody in your life goes there, it's only $10 a month and pick anything and watch or listen for a minimum of only 30 minutes a week or only one hour every two weeks. And you do that for a few months, it will change how you see the world. It will change how you think of yourself. It will change how you think. And your behaviors, your speaking, your listening will change and the results in your life will change. And you will become a sorcerer and you will have magic at your disposal to create anything you want, a new relationship, a new business, more wealth, more health, it's all there. So marshamartinclub.com. And I'll put all of that stuff in the show notes, all the links to connect with Marsha, all of it. It's being, it'll be in the show notes, oh, whether good. you're watching online via, via podcasts on the YouTube channel, really doesn't matter where it is. If you haven't subscribed yet, what's taking you so long. This has been juicy, juicy gold. So hit the subscribe button like now, now. Uh, so you can get the next episode because waiting is called silly. So just do that now. We've got more guests like Marsha coming, um, going forward as well. $10 a month. They've been incredible value. So if you got great value from this. It's, it's this, but like, like ramped up, like <laughs> I, I, want, I'm, I want to say on speed, but part of me thinks maybe the ears of people are listening to it, then they're going to think I'm on something. But I'm just on the Velda's happy juice at the moment. <laughs> so Marsha, thanks so much for sharing that. And do go and check out the club. It's incredible. Test it. Sign up. Do the work for like a month. If you don't feel like it was for you, you've lost $10. That's it. You, but trust me, you won't have lost anything. It'll be the best $10 you spent. You'll spend it again next month and you'll keep binging on it because it's only going to grow. Um, Marsha, I'm going to ask every guest this same question because I'm oh, just okay. curious. Tell us, because I like getting into the humanness of people, and this is me now just being really cheeky. Um, tell me a crazy but true fact about you. Maybe something a bit less known. Well, I was thinking about that you might ask me something like this. And I went back to when I was in my early 20s, and I remember in San Francisco, I got this incredible job and I was the assistant to the head trader at the Pacific Coast Stock Exchange. And I spent my whole days in finance and business. And then at night, I went down to the club that I worked for and I was a go-go dancer at night in a special little spiffy costume. Thank goodness at that time it wasn't topless, but I had my mesh stockings and my high heels and my stage and my band and I danced and then I would get up in the morning and put my business suit on and go back to the Pacific Coast Stock Exchange. <laughs> Here's to hashtag living your best life. 
<laughs> this has been an absolute scream. I couldn't have asked for a more fun sort of start to the pod. Women in Power podcast, Lavelle de Vincenzi. Subscribe. Did I tell you to subscribe? Um, I check out, uh, once you've subscribed, you'll get updates on all of the new channels um, and what's coming next. Marsha, it's been an absolute pleasure and blast. Thank you so much for sharing oh, all of your incredible tips ladies listening to this in and of itself and men doesn't matter i don't know who's listening listening to this in and of itself and not taking action or writing down some notes or something you're going to do different as a result of what you've heard is a wasted experience knowledge is not power uh just so i'm clear so do i do encourage you at the end of each of these episodes to just take a moment and write down one or two things that you think you're going to start implementing such that you too can be fully realized in your power, unleashing your powerful voice to the world. Until next time, my name's Lavelda Vincenzi. Ciao!